0: Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. And in today's journey through history, we're going to venture on up into Barry County and look at some of the early history of the city of Hastings. We're going to look at who the early pioneers were and how the village was established. So come along and join me. So the reference I'm going to be using today is from a book called The History of Allegan and Berry Counties, Michigan. And it also has illustrations and biographical sketches of their prominent men and pioneers. And it comes from the Michigan County Histories and Atlases collection at the University of Michigan archives. And so the city of Hastings is the seat of Berry County today. The Thornapple River runs through the city from east to west and it bears just a little bit to the north. This history was written in the late 1800s and it was looking back at the early pioneer period of the establishment of Hastings. The early history of the village as it began was on the 26th day of July, 1836. Erodus P. Hastings, who was president of the Bank of Michigan, an Auditor General of the state sold to Philo Dibble, Lansing Kingsbury, and Cornelius Kendall for $3,000 a tract of land, which was known as the Berry County Seat Purchase, covering the northeast quarter and east half of southeast quarter of section 18. The county seat had already been located in at this point by the commissioners when they mapped out the county, but there were no settlers anywhere in that part of the county. So Dibble, Kingsbury, and Kendall, who were residents of Marshall, on the 25th of August following the purchase, together with Andrew Hayes and Samuel Camp, organized the Hastings Company for the purpose of laying out the land bought from Hastings which they decided to name in his honor for him having sold them the land. So the name of the village was officially chosen to be Hastings. So they headed up to the new parcel of land in Barry County, which was to become the site of the village of Hastings. And the first order of business was to build a sawmill, which was put on a creek south of where the town was going to be built. Samuel H. Bunker was engaged to come with his family to the area. And his purpose was essentially to establish a cabin which would serve as the boarding place for the men during the construction of the sawmill. So Mr. Bunker rolled up a log cabin on a lot that uh, served as the first boarding house in the emerging village of Hastings as it was being carved out of the wilderness. Now, Mr. Bunker didn't expect to remain in the area of Hastings after the mill was completed, but he ultimately did stay there for several years, and he was considered to be the first settler of the city of Hastings. Simultaneously with the movement to erect a new sawmill, the Hastings Company determined to lay out a village, and according to that goal, they platted out the tract of land and included where they wanted the business portion of the city that they were going to call Hastings. Now, Slocum Bunker came also to the area with his brother Thomas Bunker, who assisted him in managing this primitive hotel they had built, and he ultimately was chosen to be the first clerk of Berry County in 1839. In June of 1837, Williard Hayes, who had come from Massachusetts to Detroit the previous year, made his way to Hastings to kind of do a tour of the area and see how the establishment was coming along and make his own observations of it. And he decided to remain in the area of Hastings. And they requested of him to kind of serve as the early doctor of the community. Around that time, a man by the name of Abner Parmalee came to the new settlement from Marshall, and he and Hayes built a log cabin near Bunker's boarding house, establishing the second structure in the village. The next biggest advance in the establishment of the village came in 1839 when Hayes and Dibble built a grist mill. Slocum Bunker was engaged as the miller and managed the business for a few years, and then he returned to Battle Creek where he subsequently resided until his death. In August of 1840, Henry A. Goodyear came to the village from Detroit, and he was more or less doing a prospecting tour, trying to see what the inhabitants of this new village were getting on with, and if he was interested in being part of it he would ultimately establish a hardware store. Another early pioneer settler was Hiram Kenfield, who was a carpenter, and he'd also been one who had traded with the local Indians. And he was a very active man in the community, and he built the first bridge over the river at Hastings. And he always kept a stock of goods with him that he had traded with the Indians. So he kind of had this general store in a box that he was operating with. And Kenfield was the one that built Goodyear's first store in 1840. And it opened in November of that year as the first store in the village. In 1841, Alvin Bailey came from Marshall and opened a store on a corner east of Goodyear's store. And he was, accordingly, Hastings 2nd trader in the community. So being that there were two stores and very few settlers in the area, the prices were pretty low, as there was a very small patronage to compete with among the settlers. But they did, however, have a good many of the Native American customers that came through. The third merchant established a store in 1842, and that was Dr. William Upjohn, who started a store near another tavern that had been built downtown, and he established a young lawyer in his building, Marsh Giddings, who had come in from Kalamazoo. The next traders that came through was Vespian Young, who opened a store around 1844, and Goodyear's brother joined him in 1843. By that time, Goodyear was one of Hastings' leading merchants in the village having been established as the earliest and first trader that opened a store there. One of the pioneer blacksmiths was Tittleson Munger, who established his shop along the riverbank near one of the taverns. And a shoemaker came in 1840 to 1841, and that was Elisha Alden, who had two sons who were both carpenters, so they helped out a lot in the village establishing the early shops and structures and houses. The first child born in the village of Hastings was believed to have been a child of Slocum Bunker. However, the child soon died afterwards in Marshall. The second child born in the village was Angela, a daughter of Willard Hayes, who was born August 28, 1840. The first marriage in the village was the daughter of Willard Hayes, whose daughter's name was Anne, and she married Daniel McClellan. Now, one of the incidents that happened in the village of Hastings was in 1847 to 1848. The spotted fever, as it was called back then, came to the village of Hastings, and it killed four or five different villagers who were inflicted with the disease over that time period. Now, what was spotted fever? Well, it's not the same thing as the Rocky Mountain spotted fever, which was discovered in 1896 and was a tick-borne disease. This was, based on historical records, likely typhus which is spread through lice. Because although cholera was a widespread epidemic during that time in North America, it didn't really have spots as a uh, symptom. But I think based on the research I had on epidemics from a genealogical perspective in colonial North America, which is the reference I found, typhus was one of the likely descriptions of spotted fever that they were using. It could have also been yellow fever they were referring to, but more likely it was typhus. One of the symptoms of typhus was a rash. That's just why they uh, think historically that's what they were referring to. And it was spread through body lice, and it had to be infected lice that did this. So that is the epidemic of typhus. had other symptoms like fever and chills, headache, rapid breathing, cough, nausea, vomiting. All the fun stuff that you don't want. So the taverns were some of the early structures. And I've already mentioned Slocum Bunker, who built the first house that was devoted as sort of an entertainment and a boarding house for the millhands but he also accommodated travelers that were passing through the emerging village. Levi Chase was the proprietor of the first Hastings Tavern, which was a crude wooden log building which stood on the banks of the Thornapple River. Levi Chase gave up the tavern in 1842, but he later returned in 1847 after he had left for a while, and he died in Hastings in 1854. He had enlisted in service in the Mexican War. But after enlisting, he was sent to Detroit and contracted spotted fever and was discharged because of the illness, and he went home and died in Hastings. That old lice-driven disease. Now, the stage route, which ran through Hastings from Battle Creek to Grand Rapids, was opened on July 1st, 1846, and it proved to be a very busy line of travel. And of course, Goodyear and some of the other merchants of Hastings were very much urging the establishment of the stage line as it brought in a lot of people into the village and helped out with commerce. And of course, taverns played an essential role on the stage line because people would travel from Battle Creek to Hastings, and it usually took a good part of the day, depending on where they got on the stage. So if they came from Marshall to Battle Creek to Hastings, they often would stay in a tavern in one of the villages along the way. They would either stay in Battle Creek or they would stay in the Hastings and so forth as they moved on their journey up to Grand Rapids. It was it was very slow going. It's not like a half hour or an hour drive like it is today between the different villages or different towns. Now, the first real doctor that showed up in Hastings arrived in 1838, and that was Dr. David M. Dake. And he built the first framed house in the town that um, had ever been built. And he occupied that home only for a period of about six months, and then he moved away. And then the next doctor to arrive would be three years later in July of 1841. So for three years, the village went without a doctor. And the new doctor was Dr. William Upjohn, who had come over to Hastings from Kalamazoo County. And he made Hastings his new home and set up an office in Levi Chase's Tavern on the riverbank. And business flowed to him throughout the life of the village for many years in that location. The first recorded lawyer to be in the village was in 1842, and that was Marsh Giddings. And he had lived a while in Kalamazoo and then came back to the Gull Prairie in the Hastings area and practiced law. And later in his life, he would be appointed as the governor of New Mexico, and he would die in that office in 1875. But he would remain a lawyer for many years in the village of Hastings before that happened. And there were other lawyers that eventually followed and established practices in the village of Hastings as the village grew. Some more prominent names was James Sweezy and I.A. Holbrook, who had come from Hillsdale. So the village of Hastings was officially incorporated as a village by a legislative act in Michigan on February 13, 1855. and included the entire downtown area where they had established the early shops and mills and homes and structures and they held their first special meeting of the Common Council on May 22, 1855. And at that meeting, Albert Ellis was appointed as marshal, and Seth Firmster and Nathan Barlow were appointed as street commissioners. The first village president was elected that evening, evening and it was Alvin Bailey. In 1855, Hastings would eventually be incorporated as a city under another act of the state legislature that was approved on March 11, 1871. So roughly 20 years later or more. And the first elected mayor was good old Henry Goodyear that same year in 1871. Now, since the early days of the village, the school had been more or less a small one-room schoolhouse, but the city finally built its first real school building in 1872 which included the grounds and the furniture and the school rooms. It had seven school rooms in it, and that became the largest school moving forward, and eventually there were other evolutions of the school that were built over the years that followed. Now, the first fire department was established in 1873 when the citizens called a meeting for the purpose of organizing a fire company, and the result of that meeting was the hand engine and hose carriage that were purchased and two companies were formed at once the pioneer engine company number one which enrolled 50 volunteer members running both companies by 1875 a fire department was organized with the election of david r cook as the chief engineer he had been previously the second elected mayor of the city There was a major fire in Hastings that severely scorched the downtown in the winter of 1867 and was somewhat of a disastrous fire And it started with the old Pioneer office and made short work of a lot of the framed buildings in the downtown area, which in one respect, they looked back at that saying that was kind of a turning point where there was a mix of brick buildings at the time and framed buildings and the framed buildings were basically phased out in the rebuilding in favor of new brick, which developed the downtown following 1867 with more of a brick established downtown on the downtown blocks and a lot of the brick stores that had been built were rebuilt in the wake of that fire now some of the early banking that happened the first bank was established by William Skinner in 1857 and he came from Battle Creek and he opened up the private bank in Hastings and then the fall of that same year that he established it, um, Mr. Goodyear purchased the business, and then he carried on the banking business until 1868 when he sold it to two others that were establishing a firm in the area. And the bank changed hands over the years to several entities as it reached the 1900s. So the Hastings Post Office, previous to the spring of 1839, the few people living in Hastings were dependent on their mail at the Gull Prairie, which was about 40 miles distant. And the frequency of getting their mail was delayed often by weather and travel and somebody having time to go down there to get the mail. So in March of 1839, the application was submitted to the state government to establish a post office in Hastings, and it officially was established in April of 1839. Mr. Willard Hayes became the first postmaster in the town, and he would continue that role until about 1847. So some of the early religious history, the first Methodist minister was Reverend Daniel Bush, and he located himself in Hastings in the fall of 1841. Following that, he established the First Methodist Church. The First Congregational Church of Hastings was established in 1849 by Reverend Z. T. Hoyt, and eventually that church was dissolved and emerged into the First Presbyterian Church with the same minister in charge, with the courthouse being used as the place of worship until about 1854 when a church was actually built to house the congregation. Other religions that followed was the Emmanuel Protestant Episcopal Church, the Catholic Church, and the First Baptist Church. There was a cemetery established in the town early on, around 1840, but the 50 acres of land within the city limits, which would become known as Riverside Cemetery, was officially transferred in 1870 to the control of the Riverside Cemetery Company, which had incorporated in September of that year. And it's established a more formal burial ground upon the tract and maintained its use in perpetuity. And of course, Riverside Cemetery is still there in Hastings, and it is an outdoor museum like many historic cemeteries of the 1800s and the early pioneer history of our nation. You can go see these uh, cemeteries and see a lot of the old history of the community that you're living in. And that's going to conclude today's journey through just more or less the breakdown of the establishment of the village of Hastings all the way to it becoming an official chartered city in the state of Michigan and some of the key players that made it possible along the way. This is by no means a complete history of that community. And I would highly suggest that you go check out the local historians and museums in that area, which will give you even more details of the early history of Hastings, Michigan. And I'm sure there's an incredible historical society with active members in that community. Um, It is one of the more interesting established villages that grew into a city In southwest Michigan, because it was on a major route between Battle Creek and Grand Rapids, and it had its growth facilitated by, in large part, by the stagecoach for many years. And it was many years later than Grand Rapids and Battle Creek getting the railroad for quite a number of years after the railroad had come through Battle Creek and Kalamazoo, Hastings was still receiving their supply chains and goods and mail via wagons and stagecoach deliveries until eventually the railroad did find its way into the village of Hastings shortly before it became a city. But that's going to conclude today's journey looking at some of the early pioneer history of Hastings, Michigan in Berry County. If you enjoyed today's episode and you found any part of it interesting, please be sure to leave a review on whatever app that you are listening on. And be sure to tell your friends about it and share my posts of this podcast when when you come across it on social media with your friends so they can uh, start listening to the podcast as well. And if you have some time, please leave a review on whatever app that you are listening on. And if you'd like to reach out to me, you can always find me at michaeldelaware.com. I'm always happy to hear from my listeners. I do hear from people two or three times a week sometimes. And I've gotten some guests that way for the show, as well as some great tips on stories for future episodes. So until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday, and we explore even more fascinating tales of Southwest Michigan's past. Thank you for listening.